You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast, in which three editors talk romance novels, sex, pop culture, relationships, writing. And did we mention sex? Yeah! From the ladies behind XOXOAfterDark.com, because the best conversations happen after dark. Welcome to another episode of XOXO After Darkcast. This is Abby. I'm here with Kate and Lauren. Hello. We're a little punchy today, I think. A lot. Um, but we are really excited to be talking to you about agents, why you need one, uh, how you get one. And we are going to be talking with an agent extraordinaire, Ms. Barbara Powell of the Irene Goodman Agency, a little bit later. But first, I will do my diligence and remind you to go check out xoxoafterdark.com, where we have all sorts of goodies. At the moment, we have um, we always have free reads, the one we're displaying as we record is Jeff Summers' Geekomancy. If you like urban fantasy, this is the first in his series um, where basically you can do magic, but uh, it takes uh, complicated spellcasting and maybe a little of your own blood to make things work. So blood? I love, yeah. yeah. I love Geekomancy. You gotta, you gotta pay to play. I don't know about that. It's Seems good. Right. Well, I have a really big fear of needles, though. Well, then for you, maybe you would prefer one of our fine historical romances that I yes. bet is also for free. <laughs> Less we, blood. Always, we also offer a selection. So check it out. We usually have four or five books running at one time where you can read them just in any browser. Uh, at the moment, we also have our Bachelor recaps going on. If you're watching The Bachelor, we are recapping the show. So you can check out what we think about it. We have uh, a sweepstakes running. It's actually, uh, we have some information about it, but Jen Probst is hosting it. It's for her new book, Anytime, Anyplace. And you can win some fabulous barware, which is totes on brand for XOXO. Or learn how to make a sweet hot Chris. That's which, coming. That's what's coming. That? Oh, sweet, sweet hot, hot Chris. Chris. It's a signature cocktail. Oh, 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 oh. Yes. That relates that to sense. her book, which Got features it. a bartender. Well, I'll also say it also, the reason it's called a sweet hot Chris is because it, it it's really was made for or in the spirit or how would I say this? Um, it was inspired by all the Chris's. Chris Helmsworth. Oh. Chris Pratt. Chris, Chris Evans. Chris, Chris Pine. And Chris Pine. Yeah, that is a very good idea. A lot of Chris's. Oh, there are a lot of hot yeah, Chris's. All the hot Chris's. Yeah. And if you're not sure, if you're ready for Sweet Hot Chris, you should come and take our What Does Your Drink Say About You quiz, uh, which is up nice. right now. I take a lot of those quizzes. It doesn't often say anything very flattering. <laughs> Ours are science. Oh, good. Okay. <laughs> you know, because they were made by me. <laughs> All right, without, Abby's idol scientist. Abby's idol scientist of drinks. Um, so without further ado. Better than mathematician. <laughs> yes. Or historian. Or <laughs> No, you're good at that. <laughs> um, let's jump into it. So as some of you may recall, we had a great conversation about what it is we do when a submission crosses our desk and mm -hmm. kind of how a book becomes a law, as it were. Uh, and we kind of buzz, buzz, buzzed over the, like, just assume we got an agent. So mm -hmm. we're going to fill that in for everybody today when we talk to our guest. But agents aren't just about getting your book in the door. So I know I certainly have told multiple authors, like at conferences or things, look, you can absolutely send me your book because we've had a conversation and I've mm -hmm. said, go ahead and send it and I'll look and see what we think. But you should still have an agent, right? And I right. think you guys would agree that even though you might think editors and agents are sort of adversaries. Not at all. We think it's really important. So Right. I've worked with agentless authors before. Mm -hmm. so, seldom, but a couple times. And every single time midway through the project, they 
not for not through any fault of mine or theirs, they suddenly wished that they had somebody to walk them through their contract language, mm-hmm. uh, explain certain terms, um, explain when things were normal without having to ask me if they were getting the shaft or not. <laughs> um, I agree. Certain things that, that you want to have somebody on your side that you can ask an unbiased question. I think if we're going to start at the beginning of the process, the best reason or one of the many reasons to have an agent is they know best who to send your book to, mm-hmm. if you will. They have relationships throughout the different houses and and different publishers that they can be indie, they can be big five, um, but they also know who's best suited towards your work Mm because they've read it and they also know the tastes of many editors. Yeah, and Barbara's going to talk about how she makes those decisions, I think, Mm -hmm. when we get to her. Exactly. So they talk to us and that's the foot in the door. That is the foot in the door, but yes, but I think it's also who's best suited to their Mm -hmm. work. A, B, they'd have a better sense of a marketplace from possibly from a publisher's point of view mm-hmm. that they can add some insight to and then there's the contracts all the legalese things about that and then I think that for me I think one of the things that I find the most valuable with an agent is their ability to for instance if a book is late the author's mm-hmm. losing their mind in a void and right. they're afraid of us at this point not because because they're being bad children exactly like. and not because we've done anything wrong or mm-hmm. we don't have a great working relationship it's just they're freaking out or because they're a students if you mm-hmm. will yeah. and have no one that they feel that is on their side that is not they're actually paying them so right. they don't want to go to the person who's shelled out and been like she's gonna can my ass exactly (laughs) so i think it's a real sounding board if you Mm -hmm. will that Mm -hmm. they can trust and it's important that they have a good dialogue i love uh working with agents because it often in the kind of the more more heads are better than fewer heads oh yes um my favorite thing to get agents involved in is i love it when we're trying to get a cover or a not a cover a title nailed down Mm -hmm. what i love to do is because i'm not great at coming up with titles anybody who's ever worked with me knows that it's an arduous and and not easy process but what i like to do is come up with a huge list of all kind of my thoughts and they are often terrible but you never know what's going to spark something else so i include everything and i like to send that to both the author and the agent. Now, the author will have their own perspective, and we like to make the list really, really big before we all three narrow it down. But often the agent comes up with some really outside-the-box perspective or here's something I heard or saw one time or your list made me think this and helps lend. So it's not just the author and I going back and forth and back and forth. There's a third uh, stool leg able to keep us all propped up. Let's not forget about the buffer property meaning hi i'm sorry i have some bad news <laughs> you don't have to give it to the author you can give it to the agent <laughs> right and vice versa mm-hmm. you're gonna get this book late and i can scream at her <laughs> versus the author so, i think there's something to be said for a, a, a degree of separation too mm-hmm. so let's talk a little i think um all of us have strong relationships with certain agents mm-hmm. like there's mm-hmm. some that come to you over and over I feel like maybe Elizabeth Weed mm-hmm. is uh, happens to be an agent that I know you get a lot of yes, great Kim submissions Whalen. from. Mm-hmm. You do a lot of work with Kate Hoyt. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, and it's not that we can't work with other people, but what is it in the editor-agent relationship specifically that connects you strongly to one versus another? Or, or what is helpful about having kind of a strong relationship like that with, you know? someone that you do a lot of I find that it's just an ability to communicate you know it's just like friendship when you meet certain people you can 
be real with them you can level with them they can level with you you pick up what the other person is putting down a little easier than others you can invite them to your podcast exactly yeah <laughs> just because your friend's coming on the podcast <laughs> um and so there is something to be said for having just people for instance who you always want to go out with you always want to get a drink with even if you know you've seen them in the last six months i know um i know i'm going out with rachel ekstrom next week and i think we saw each other about six months ago not much has changed in either of our work lives but why not? We can laugh. We can exchange information. We can just kind of vibe for a little while and have a good time, whether or not we're working on an active project. I want to add to that because, of course, I've got the agents that I personally like and mm-hmm. do a lot of business with because mm-hmm. I like them. But then there's the ones that I respect the way they do business. And, oh, yeah. And I think you said it best when you just said how I can communicate with them. Right. If I trust what they're saying is true and mm-hmm. vice versa – and I like someone who's very upfront and no nonsense. So do I. I tend to do a lot of business with agents that are. I, I don't mind not subtle. I don't mind someone who's very <laughs> up and straight up mm-hmm. and done and done. You don't need a lot of window dressing. I for, do not. No. I just think it's a waste of everyone's time, and I don't want to be agented. Is mm-hmm. the way that we editors call it. And then there's people who I actually don't like at all. But you'll um, do business with them. But I do business with them. Exactly. And I have no choice. Mm -hmm. Um, But I do think that there's some common ground that you need to find. And I think that's either whether it's trust or the way that they do business. And in the event you don't like them at all, find that one little bridge of common Mm -hmm. ground. Mm -hmm. Because there are unfortunately situations where there are big agents who are very unpleasant. I have had a lot of, as a younger editor, trepidation reaching out to because you have to build these relationships so somebody has to reach out and start the conversation or say uh you know i i really admired i read this book my favorite thing to do is because i read i have a book going for fun all the time and my favorite thing to do is read the book genuinely like it and then write to the agent and say just as a fan i liked this thought it was cool congrats on the publication do you want to get drinks or lunch or something sometime that is but so classy so scary I never do that <laughs> well eh. yeah it, i'm still working on building mm-hmm. a lot of relationships within the business um and so it's something i prioritize and it's always so scary especially if you're if let's say that's not the case but let's say you are writing to get, ask for a blurb for one of your books usually you're writing because they've had a very successful project and mm-hmm. you're trying to emulate that success uh, and so always my heart is in my throat it's the we often editors talk about this being the worst thing to do in the business is to write and ask for endorsement quotes we all do it we do it happily for the projects that we love because they're worthy but I get knots in my stomach and sweat down my brow. It's like and then the they're bathing lovely. suit shopping of editorial. Yes. <laughs> exactly. It's painful. You have it's, to do it if you want to go swimming. Yes. It's okay. Yeah. But I've gotten so many lovely responses, even from people where I thought they're not even going to write back to me. They're way too important, way too, you know, grandiose, or why would they well, even they were they me? were small and they- Everybody remembers getting a mash note on a book that they worked on worked or hard. asking a favor or... You know, we've all been And there. if you don't have a kind response, you know. You know. Not a good person. You remember. <laughs> yes, you remember those things. Did any, did either of you ever consider agenting and not winding up in editorial as part of your publishing journey? Or I was actually asked to be an agent, I don't know, 10 years ago. And I felt like that time had passed for me. Mm-hmm. I think it's... Because it's also an apprenticeship business. It is. Not that I wouldn't have known... 
mm-hmm. I think we could have, all of us you now could have like, started it and figured yeah. it out much quicker than someone mm-hmm. never doing it before or working in the industry mm-hmm. before. But it's essentially starting a whole new list in a mm-hmm. different way. I think the onus is more on an agent without, you know, starting a fresh list to find projects. Mm-hmm. You've got to have a lot of hustle. I really admire got to have the hustle. And for me, at a point where I was in my career, that they were sent to me. And mm-hmm. I did not need to go hustle in that way. And I just felt, I wish I had done it differently, to be honest. There's a huge discrepancy in pay. Uh, <laughs> you um, can get really lucky. If, if you, you do it right. You can get really <laughs> lucky. Mm-hmm. Really, really lucky. But there's also a much, you have to have a much higher tolerance for risk. Yeah. I concur. There, uh, what, we'll let Barbara speak to this mm-hmm. a little bit about how they make their money. But we, uh, on the editorial side, get a salary. Right. Yeah. And, and it doesn't really. And, and healthcare. Right. And it doesn't really <laughs> often my friends will ask me yeah often my friends will ask me like oh if your book really takes off do you get a you know do you get a raise I'm like no not necessarily you might even you might get a nice email mostly yeah Uh, (laughs) it's it's not our performance isn't tied in an immediate way you you do you are rewarded or punished for long-term trends but not book by book but not book by book uh thank god yeah Yeah. and and I have a low tolerance for risk I am very risk averse I love having a salary I love having health care so grateful and so I don't think I interviewed for a position at an agency but I'm so glad I didn't get it because Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have I didn't have the knowledge the self-knowledge or the knowledge of the industry to be able to estimate how that would have played out in my stress level in my personal life i too when i was starting i i was interviewing everywhere sleeping on someone's couch oh being yeah like, same. oh my god i need a job and i Leaving had your resume on the train i did that oh that's a good one i had not yeah. of that well yeah. um and uh i had an interview at an agency with an agent who the, the interview went very well she's very personable mm-hmm. like i liked her and i went okay and then um she actually called me to say she called me after to say uh we've we've gone in another direction you really want to be an editorial like oh what I really, a nice thing to do i really liked you you know you're great yeah and you're gonna get you're gonna get hired mm-hmm. this is not the right fit for you you should be an editorial that's so nice of and her. at the time i was like but i need a job, job. oh my god <laughs> no one's ever gonna hire me and you're like why and, and i couldn't understand it in much the same way but she is so right i would not have been a good agent because i'm risk averse in that way mm-hmm. and um I I am not I am very not that agents are not collaborative but I mm. like a lot of consensus and team and let's right. all pull together and having a lot of different people to kind of join on a project right uh, rather than having because an be agent like is an agent they kind solo. of stand alone you know but I want to disagree with both of you on that because I don't. I think I would have made a fairly good agent. I just. I think you would have too. Yeah. I my husband begged me. He was like, "Why, please?" Like he was like, "You <laughs> Get should that be money. an agent." <laughs> I would have made a good agent, but I I just it couldn't. It didn't come. I should have. It, you choose it in the beginning, in my opinion. I know mm-hmm. a lot of people do it as a second mm-hmm. life in the yeah, industry. Yeah, a lot of people do. I think that's cuckoo, cuckoo. I. It, it, who wants to work that hard when you're fifty? God. So the point is. I would have chosen that right at the beginning mm-hmm. where you have a brand new list. But you it was are, but 10 years ago, you were only 35. No, that's why I didn't do it. I would have done it when I started in publishing versus Abby didn't have the choice because mm-hmm. they didn't hire her, but right. she could have gone agenting yeah. or she could have gone editorial. Mm-hmm. I was actually got really lucky Already and was offered a position in editorial. So mm-hmm. I just took it. But 
in hindsight. But you feel like it has to be your first job either I or? wouldn't say like, first, within or, the first three, four years mm-hmm. at most for me. And, and the reason I think that you both would have been good agents, as I would have been, is you both love your books. You're very passionate about them. You will fight. You will suck up and email that person Mm. you did not want to do it and honestly that's all it is about an agent like I wouldn't have worried about succeeding or failing because at the end of the day I knew I loved that book and that's actually how I succeeded in editorial I was so passionate about some of my baby authors when I was a baby I almost I didn't care that it I was an editorial assistant and I had my first buy I would tell everyone I love kilt Liz Carlisle till the cows came home and it worked like Mm. it just worked now put aside the fact that she was brilliant, amazing, they're great books, mm-hmm. but I just would not stop, and that's what an agent is. They're your cheerleader. Right. The emotional toll would have killed me in a year The emotional toll, it would have I sucked. But how is it different? Not every book that an agent represents works. No, yeah, that's but I think true. there's a lot more rejection. That that yeah. rejection where they go out with a book. Yes. Because we all know that's part of it. That right. Yes, yes, that yes, yes, I agree. It's someone telling you over and over again that your me. taste sucks, which it doesn't, and that's not what that means. Right. But that's what I would hear over <laughs> and over again. Well, how is it different than, actually, I think it's worse on our end when you fought for it. You've given birth to it, i.e. the book, mm-hmm. and it doesn't work. And that, I think, you actually put the nine months in. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's, fa- <laughs> you know that's I mean? faceless people. It's not because before that someone let you buy it, they agreed with you. Right. We mm. put a cover on it that we loved. They agreed with you. The author agreed with you. The agent agreed with you. There's a team again. It's, you can diffuse. By the time it's gotten to the faceless people, of course it hurts, but yeah. it's not yeah. someone looking at you across the table being like, "No, you particularly wrong, bad." Right. Yeah. Um, Fair enough. Fair I, enough. I, I feel my feels so intensely. I know. <laughs> no, I do. Too. I wish I had some of some of Lauren Armor. <laughs> oh, I <It> just, <laughs> I just knew I loved it, yeah. and that was enough for me. I think I could have done it had I not gotten lucky and gotten a job in editorial. And I was open to it. Um, But the rejection, I think, and I do like the idea that we are a team. When you're an agent, you might have a very supportive colleague situation, Mm -hmm. but when we work on a book, there are copy editors, there are designers, there are cover designers, there are marketing meetings, sales meetings, all those things, all those people with all those areas of expertise. And when I have a question about something, I can pop down to our associate publisher's office and say, I found this weird thing online. What do you think it means for the implications mm-hmm. of my book? And we can have a 10-minute conversation about it. Yeah. Uh, and so I find the structure of a larger company with a lot of different areas of expertise rather than a bunch of people doing a similar job and maybe and able to weigh in, which is great. Mm-hmm. But um I, I do love the team aspect of I it. I like a hierarchy and I and I value some <laughs> I value a backstopper so yes. that sometimes there's someone wants something or, or and I'm like no I know we can't do that. Um but technically it's not my decision. <laughs> and uh, there have certainly been times when I've gone in to ask my publisher and say I just need you to tell me no because I know that's the answer. I wish to have done the asking. Mm-hmm. And she was like no, it is. Thanks. <laughs> bye. Bye. Um, and uh, yeah, I like to have someone at the back being like, no, you're right. That's the way to go. Right. Um, right. I think I, too, I like negotiation. I like it. I like it a lot. But I think you have to like it a lot more than I like it oh, to yeah. be an agent. Because I can feel myself lose ground when I want it really badly. I would give away the farm. Yeah. Oh, I am... <laughs> I I think I'm a pretty good negotiator. 
um, in, an cheap. Au- in an auction situation. You're cheap. I am very cheap. Lauren <laughs> always is like, stop cheaping out. Um, but I feel <laughs> that it's good for me to be cheap. Oh, I was you. I think we were and all trained to at, be cheap. Cheap, at cheap houses, which is great. Oh, yeah, I was And we don't cheap. like to spend a lot. And I loved being cheap, but mm-hmm. you're to your detriment sometimes. Well, I think that... Yeah, I I don't think that you're right. We're but. talking five hundred <laughs> bucks. <laughs> Lauren's talking about how I sometimes will not go up, and I'm like, just go all. up. It's five hundred. And Lauren's like, it's not that much money. Please come on. Um, but I do think it matters because when we look at the bottom line yes. after, yes. sometimes those five hundred dollars can be the difference between earning out and getting a yes to continue with that. I agree. With that career. I agree. And I agree. I'm always thinking career. There's you know what very it is? You're few. overly cautious. You're not cheap. I'm very cautious, and again, that's that tolerance for risk mm-hmm. where. If I know I've got it and I am in, I know I've got it, I don't want to go up on principle because... No, you're principled, my friend. I'm very principled. Sometimes Sometimes it's like... Because if I don't go up now, then I will be able to get the next book for $2,000 less than I want. Sometimes it's not even about that. Sometimes you're like, she's just stupid and I can't give her this. I just don't want to. Uh, No, I do think, though, that I don't thrive... She feels a lot of feelings, I feel a lot of feelings. But I don't think that I thrive on negotiation the way an agent has to and there are an agent and Barbara can tell us a lot more about this but um, there there are a lot of things that they have to do a lot of calming down if I were an I think if I were a writer and somebody brought me any amount of money I would be like take it take it I did it I did it I'm going to be a writer and it's on the agent to say Let's go back and ask for yes. double what they offered. Right. But, but what if they break up with us? Right. But they yeah. don't. I know. Sometimes they but do. But it is. It's like, let's make a deal. Like, it is. It's it is. And it's like, do deal. you want door number three? Let's try for door number three. Might be a car. Might be a goat. Right. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it's a goat. Yeah. And sometimes, sometimes it's, a goat. it's a goat. Yeah. But I do think that agents have a little more uh, willingness, tol- tolerance for that the the joy of that, the fun of it. Yeah. I like it because it happens once in a while. Yeah. But an agent has to do it. All the time, time. if they want to eat food. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. That's true. Let's take a break, and when we come back, we will talk to Barbara Powell about how to tell a car from a goat. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) We'll be right back. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. Okay, we are back at the XOXO After Dark cast, and I am very excited to introduce our guest today, agent extraordinaire Barbara Powell of the Irene Goodman Agency. Welcome, Barbara. Well, thank you for having me. We have been talking all about uh, agents. What are they good for? Huh, absolutely <laughs> nothing. No, of course not. Um, in fact, we were really excited to have you on because a couple of episodes ago, we were talking about how a manuscript becomes a book. And we Mm -hmm. started, basically when we started telling people what we did and how we did it, we realized that we're like, well, actually an agent is the one who sends us the book. So pretend you have an agent (laughs) and then this is how we go from here. But that's Mm -hmm. a pretty big step is pretend you have an agent. So we thought, let's Mm -hmm. not pretend, let's tell our listeners, how do you get an agent? What do agents do? (laughs) So why don't you start out and just tell us a little bit about the basics of why a writer who's finished a story might come to you and what you do to help get the book to our desks and maybe what you do after that. 
Sure, absolutely. Um, well, first and foremost, an agent is pretty much like a business partner, but somebody who's a little more educated in the business side of the industry and can help you navigate the field. My favorite comparison, and what I've been using for roughly a decade, is a good agent is like a good pair of spanks. Um, <laughs> you, probably, you could probably be just fine without them, but you know, you want your, uh, your edges smooth and you want to be at your best. And uh, also, you do not want second-rate banks. If you're going to get an agent, you want to do your research and, and get uh, a, a qualified one that can, ha- can give you uh, referrals and recommendations from uh, current clients because no one's uh, getting any favors done for them by, like, second-rate banks. All right? Yes. Yeah. And listeners, that is exactly why Barbara was the perfect guest for this topic. Exactly. <laughs> and why we love her. Um, so... Uh, Tell us a little bit about, you're absolutely right, no one wants a second-rate Spanx. So mm-hmm. can you tell us some of the ways a person can find out if they're talking with uh, uh, an agent who's really qualified and uh, mm-hmm. is the one who will represent them best, or what are some things they should ask or look out for? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first and foremost, what you're going to do, uh, you wrote a book. Congratulations. I've never written a book. You're already one one step ahead of me in life. So after you've written your book, what you're going to do is you're going to wander over to the bookstore or to the library, and you're going to start looking at books on the same shelf of what, as what you write. You write romance, go check out the romance novels. You write thrillers, go take a peep at the thrillers. You're going to flip to the acknowledgments. And you're going to start looking at not only who uh, published the book, but usually the authors, if they know what's good for them, will thank their agents in the acknowledgement. <laughs> you can start to create a baseline list from that, because what you're doing is you're looking at people who already represent the kind of book that you write. And that's just going to start your baseline. That's how I say start from there. Otherwise, if you just want to stay in your jammies eating frozen yogurt, you can always go online. There's a lot of great sites. Um, agent editor sites, uh, editors and predators, and um, the lovely Miss Janet Reed, of course, has a plethora of information on her blog and her site. So uh, there's a lot of online ways to uh, sniff out great advocates as well. But I like the boots on the ground approach because it also trains you to start um, being familiar with what else is on the shelves with what you've written. Good girl. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one um about would you can you give us an estimate we talked about how many submissions a week or a month we thought we get how many and we you've we've already got them winnowed down from agents like you so how many people are sending manuscripts or or queries or hoping to get you to represent them in a month well um the numbers can be terrifying um (laughs) before the holiday break i had a little over a thousand queries in my inbox and um yeah i did eat my feelings it's okay guys don't worry i did eat my feelings (laughs) and um i i got that down to about 250 starting in january and it looks like if i had to guess it looks like anywhere from 12 to 20 queries come in a day especially especially in months like January, because everyone's like, this is a game, I'm getting my novel public. Yes, you know, like, new year, new you. <laughs> yep, new year, new you, kiddo. And uh, you might be right, but some of them are right. Isn't that crazy? Like, some of them are like, this is the year I'm doing it. And they well, do it. Oh, and they yeah, do it. Them. So, uh, yeah, but I find that if I, get, can I, if I can get in there and do 10 a day, I can kind of stay on top of it. I try to, I try to respond within six to eight weeks if I'm interested in seeing more. And what you would be sending to me is, of course, at barbara.queries at irenegoodman.com <laughs> would be your query letter and the first 10 pages of the manuscript in the body of the email. Ah. So um, it's easy to spot a no, 
mm-hmm. um, it's harder to spot a yes. So and true. so going through, um, you can see kind of, you know, subjectivity comes into it, craft technique and detail comes into it. But plowing through the slush is something I value greatly. Uh, 60% of my client list has come straight from the slush. Oh, that's so that's cool. Great. That's and amazing. I mm-hmm. can't remember if we've already actually defined slush for our listeners, but that's stuff we didn't request or stuff Barbara didn't request or, mm-hmm. you know, it's go unsolicited. out It's unsolicited. Yep, unsolicited. Uh, queries and manuscript selections and that's fine like i said there's gold in them there hills i got a bad handbag (laughs) problem i need to rub my gums and stand outside of kate spade so send me your (laughs) queries i love it yes let's keep it going um uh i was just going to ask you talked about uh no's are easy to spot so Mm -hmm. what are some of the what are some of the things make you go now this one's not for me uh every new query that i click open on i am hoping this is it. I want you to be the one. I want it. I want it so badly. So everybody starts at A plus with me. And some of the some of the things that I'll start picking off that I'll be like, oh, okay, not for me. Really easy right off the bat doesn't know how to talk about their book. Um, Poor grammar in a query. Um, Word counts not within the correct range of the genre that you're writing in. Um, Anything that's insulting or abusive. Those happen too. Um, in an opening or closing, somebody who's, you know, overly friendly or overly, I mean, I'm a fun time champagne gal, but come on, <laughs> this is business, you know? <laughs> but like, um, that's kind of a quick, easy no. When you get into the actual construct of their, of their novel, um, it's hard to describe that feeling of the yes, because it is, it is something that you've been waiting for every time you're opening an email. It's like, um, it's, uh, I compare it to the Orf song, the, um, the, big swelling orchestra where I'm staying in my feet like yes by the end of it and the no is much more the maybes and the no's are much more okay well sure that's the book that's fine but especially with how competitive and how crowded the shelves are the yeses have to be a plus plus and I'll tell you something else I have never signed something that I didn't think was a plus plus that then an editor didn't make a plus 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 so even when it gets to me, when I think, this is it, put it on the shelves, I'll take my million dollars, there's always a higher level to take it to, and the editor does that every single time. I, to, I know, thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I have to jump in, Barbara, and ask, um, do you do an edit before you submit to editors? Do you work with yeah, a, a client? I do, yeah. Because some agents I mean, don't. Yeah, and, and I, I wish I was like, able to just pull a crystal ball out and be like, you're perfect, don't change a thing. But I find that everybody, you know, needs a little shaping, a little yeah. bit of this. There are there have been the rare occasion when I've been like, uh, you accidentally called this person this name and this guy wasn't wearing shoes in this scene and it's like three lines of fixing. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, when it goes to the editor, then the editor's like, remember when the father did that? And I'm like, oh, how did I miss that? So there's <laughs> always more to be done. But I'd say I can go elbows deep or I can just get out my feather duster and do a quick dusting. There's always something to tweak, but it it can be cosmetic or it can be structural. But if I'm in love with something, whatever the work level needs, I'm I'm in. Mm-hmm. Like, remember when you sent me that awesome Sophie Littlefield novel and I was like, it is awesome, but can we throw out the whole third yeah. act? That is literally <laughs> what I was thinking about. You're like, but actually remember how the book starts here? And I was like, dun, dun, dun. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, you see the vision. And it's great yeah. when, as we talked about having sort of Special editor friend, uh, special agent friends are the ones that you have great communications with because then that's not a scary or difficult conversation to have with them either because th- we really respect what they do and they really respect what we do and everybody just winds up um, in a mutual appreciation society, which is how we all want to be. 
Exactly, exactly. So, and and I, I, I do feel like people are in it because they want to work and they want to they want to get better at their craft technique and detail. And I, if the editor is the absolute first level of that. Yeah, absolutely. You know what? I didn't actually stop to give you a chance to tell people who are listening what kind of stuff you represent. Because um, even though I believe you could absolutely do everything from, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, mm-hmm. children's board books all the way to Greek um, tragedy. Greek tragedy. Uh, you pro- you have certain certain hoppers that you like to work in. So what kind of stuff do you consider? I do. I do probably, if I had to break it down, 95% fiction, 5% nonfiction. And my nonfiction projects are always passion projects. It's something that I feel like it's a conversation I am desperate to be a part of. Mm. Um, and then my fiction trends towards kind of the big genre stuff, the thrillers, uh, the YA, the mysteries, um, upmarket, suspenseful fiction, domestic drama, mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. But I'm pretty, I'm pretty rooted in fiction. But that's funny that you said that about board books because <laughs> I just found one I loved and I was like, I want to try this. And I was telling editors, I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Can you want this? And then it sold. And I was like, look at me. I was just like a clown falling down the stairs, just a series of beeps and honks and then a bag of cash at the end. Oh. By the way, that's a happy accident. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> unique. She's like, but look at here, that bag of cash broke my fall. Exactly. Would you like to give some props to some of your uh, babies? I know you love all your babies equally. um, I love all of my babies equally. Do you want to? No, because I only have one client. Every time each of my clients is like, "Oh, how many clients do you have?" Well, just you, sweetheart. Oh, (laughs) excellent! That's wise. You are very wise. (laughs) Mm -hmm. No, they're all brilliant and they're all talented. And I, I dare say. And I, I feel like this is true with my colleagues on the agenting side. I feel like who you represent, there's some part of them that is a facet of the agent. Hmm. And I feel like when I look at my client list, I'm like, okay, yeah, I can, I can see that. A lot of, of people hmm. with a lot of um, joy and humor in their heart, they're able to approach a lot of things that are happening hmm. uh, with their career and in the industry and in the greater uh, global community at large oh. with a bit of humor. And I, I do find I am attracted to that intrinsically anyway. Even if they're writing big family dramas with deep, dark secrets, there is this souffle of humor in all of my... I learned that word from you, Abby. I was in like, fancy my, pants. <laughs> I know, in all of my clients. And I think I... I, am, I can see that in their writing, no matter what they're writing, and I'm attracted to that. I love that, that each agent maybe has a, f- a fingerprint, sort yeah. of, in that yeah. way. Yeah, that's really in- an so interesting way to think about it. Well, it's the same thing I with know, for an editor. I know, aren't they interesting? Mm-hmm. I'm so fascinating. You are. You are getting more fascinated <laughs> by the minute. Um, so you have something that has made the orchestra strike up, and you're standing yep. on your desk saying, oh, captain, yep. my captain, and ready to... <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> ready to go for it so what happens next what is the author's experience when you have said here it is on my desk what do you do next and then how does it get to us well sometimes i do nasty little tricks like i call especially when i think a lot of other um agents are in the scrum for something if there's more than one offer Mm -hmm. i will call the home number and hope that a significant other or spouse answers and i will say i'm calling to offer representation on your spouse's novel I think they're brilliant. I think they're genius. And you were right, because I know you supported them this whole time. See what I did there? <laughs> Got my little elbow in the door. And First off, brilliant. I know. <laughs> but the most 
normal phase will go, I call, I offer representation, they say, yay, then we clean up the manuscript for whatever that's worth, however long that takes. Then I will make a list of uh, eight to ten editors and eight to ten imprints that I go for a first round for shopping. Um, some of those people I will call on the phone and just yell, you're welcome, check your inbox. <laughs> some of them I will do a little bit more in-depth, you know, doing this as long as I have. I have previous relationship with, with editors that I, I know they like my stuff and hmm. I know that they're kind of pace and what they're looking for, so I don't have to call and do pitching. But now with this picture book thing, to bring it all back, <laughs> I was just pitching this picture book and like the assistant asked me my name and I was like Barbara Powell and they're like and the, what was the last name I said Powell they said can you spell it and I was like P-O and I was like this is my slice of humble pie for the day don't you know who I think I am <laughs> I love it <laughs> you know isn't my picture framed over your desk next to the Pope right. like that is my <laughs> but it was good it was good lesson for me because it's me trying a new thing and I do think like if I'm selling 100% of what I'm signing, I'm not taking enough risks anyway. So it was good for me to get out there with something fresh and new and totally different and talk to people I don't normally talk to. So in that case, wait a minute, I we have calling. to We have yes. to go back to that stat because we were Are talking about Are you selling risk. 100% of what you're signing? No. She said no, she didn't I mean, if I yeah. was if I was selling 100% oh. of what I was signing, that means I'm not taking enough I was risk. like, but sign like, me up, Barbara. I don't write, I but I want to have you I represent me. I something for you. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Absolutely. No. no way. If I was, I'd be like, that's the problem. And, you know, subjectivity comes into it and timing totally. and saturation in the market. There's all kinds of, 100%. yeah. There's all kinds of levels of influence on whether or not a project sells. How do you um, deal? None of them having to do with me. How do you deal with the inevitable rejection for any of those reasons? Drinking a lot. Of <laughs> rejection that's, is rejection, no matter the business. Um, yes. Barbara, how much? I'm just curious because I really do, and it, it is wonderful speaking with you today because I do get a sense that this is really a partnership, and it is mm-hmm. many things beyond. I always think, oh, we have to have an agent because who else can ne- negotiate that contract? And I think that's only a facet of what yeah. you do. Obviously, how much time mm-hmm. would you say negotiating terms and things like that? really takes up uh, what percentage of my job seven percent of my job is oh my negotiations. good really everything else good. is oh absolutely everything else is the whole kit and caboodle expectation huh. management the yes. ushering through publicity and marketing mm-hmm. the you know the journey from if you're it's your debut book or like sophie littlefield you're on book 25 there's always different management thing. to happen. And I am a famous garbage can kicker <laughs> my heart rises and, and falls with every rise and fall of my clients uh Ebb and flow in their career. I uh, knock on doors till my knuckles bleed, and I also am willing to say, "Hey, we got to settle down. The house is right on this when it's necessary." I think it's a partnership in every sense of the word, and I, I am plugged in with a hundred percent passion. I have two speeds: zero, like corpse, and one hundred ninety miles an hour. I love <laughs> I right? I don't have. <laughs> I really don't have a speed in between that. And so, yeah, I would say it, it's a business partnership through and through. That's awesome. What um, is what are some of the most challenging things that you have had to face in your agenting career? Like some of the toughest moments that you've had. Uh, I'm going to get real right now. Mm-hmm. Um, do it. Sometimes, do it. Uh, placing uh, authors of color featuring protagonists of color. I have bumped into some walls that I um, I got woke real quick on oh. a few things about. Mm-hmm. Um, that has been a little bit heartbreaking in certain circumstances. I think also. Um, having a book where it sells for big cash everyone's excited the packaging is great the author is great but 
it doesn't sell and there's no understanding of why it didn't sell and there's no there's no blueprint for what works and there's no blueprint for how to fail either Mm -hmm. and so that can be really frustrating because a lot of times especially in this current condensed crowded marketplace some of these debut authors get one shot at greatness and if their book if they if the house spent a lot of money in the book and the book didn't perform that's kind of it and we got to go into the cave and lick our wounds and figure out uh, how to rejuvenate and restart again so that can be really tough and heartbreaking uh, but mostly, like I said, I am my default setting is optimism. So I am able to kind of really take what I call areas of opportunity, which would be the pitfalls and the downfalls in publishing, and be like, okay, what did we learn and how do we advance? You know, ever upward, ever onward. Um, and uh, I usually end all my emails to my clients with "Next stop, world domination." So hey. I feel I feel confident, and I I respect the art and the creativity of my clients so deeply that uh, I, I feel like there will be a path. There will be a path. And uh, we just have to keep uh, our machetes out and our pith helmets tilted at a rakish angle and we'll find it. It's so funny <laughs> because when we were talking about agents earlier, I referred to you as cheerleaders. So either mm-hmm. cheerleaders with machetes. Yes. I love it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I feel like Barbara could easily be the head HBIC of cheerleaders with machetes. <laughs> Thank you. I um, love it. I uh, Before we get to our true confessions, I do just want to ask one more, since we're in the getting real stage, because we mentioned it in Act One, uh, I don't know if people know how you make your money, and it's none of my business how much you make or what you do, but could you explain how an agent gets paid? Mm-hmm. Um, I only get paid when the author gets paid, and it's only a percentage of what they make. So everybody out there, nobody should be parting with any shekels out of pocket yes. when you sign with an agent. Uh, um, valuable PSA. Money. Yes. The house, uh, the public, the agency takes 15% of mm-hmm. sales mm-hmm. Um, to the to the publishing house. And then out of that, I take a percentage um, because I work with an agency. So mm-hmm. I take a percentage of that percentage. But no shekels come from an author's pocket to mine unless they have already the the coffers have been filled by a publishing house. Mm-hmm. So if someone is hunting and they find an agent who then says, well, if you just, you know, you retain me for X dollars mm-hmm. and then yep. that's bad or news run away. Yeah, a $250 reading fee. What? You email mm-hmm. me and you tell me their name and mom will take care of it for you. Like, <laughs> that's, that's not, not right. Excellent. That's yeah, that's crazy. not right. And so, yeah. And, and also, um, it, it kind of break it down interestingly too. Let's say, an agent does a deal for $100,000. Wait, what? That's amazing. My money's just raining from the sky. But let's remind the listening audience <laughs> that $100,000, 15% of that is $15,000. I'm going to math real hard here. Yeah. 15% of that is $15,000. But a, a author is paid, an author is paid out on different parts of a contract, on signing of the contract called execution, on delivering acceptance of the material, sometimes then two further payments, one on the hardcover publication and one on the mass market or trade publication. So you're dividing that (laughs) $15,000 in four payments over Mm -hmm. 18 months. So then you can see the math of how much hustle I got to put behind the muscle in order to be cranking out a livable wage. Right. Yes. Yes. No, it's valuable. It's a valuable reminder too. There, there Mm -hmm. is um, a long timeline on, on the book publishing Mm -hmm. schedule and, and people don't really get paid up front. (laughs) No. And a lot of, um, yeah. So you're not just sitting on your couch waiting for those checks to roll in. Mm -hmm. 
and I you're mean, doing all that work. Now, oh, of course. You know, day, yeah. Yeah. Also, because no, your spanks no. are too tight, right? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Always be hustling. I'm never not hustling. And I think one of the things about you know, my boss, too, Irene, is the same way. She's still got the hustle, and I love it. Yeah. But um, the, the best part of my job is, of course, facilitating and creating atmospheres for art. And it's just the best job in the world. I like to do two things. Well, I like to do three things, but we'll get into that one later. I like to do two things. I like to read, and I like to tell people my thoughts. There you go. Those yeah. are my favorite things. Those are my favorite things. That's why we always found the perfect industry for exactly. all of us. We're not that different. We're not. No, absolutely not. We are two halves of a very important coin. Barbara, you are a delight. And uh, no, I cannot you. wait to hear how you respond to our true confessions questions, which, to be okay. honest, now I wish were, in fact, more salacious than they exactly. are. Exactly. Really I was like, this is going to be child's play. Maybe we I should revamp them. We, I know. We might have to. I actually have suggestions for that, but that's another podcast. Okay. <laughs> absolutely. So these are just right off the top of your head, quick and dirty. Um, sure. We're going to see if I can remember them. We've done them so many times, but okay. I think I can do it. Okay. So first off, sweet or Salty. Salty. Duh, salty. Um, Mountains or beach? Beach. Heels or flats? Flats. I I thought you might have gone for heels. No way, man. Flats. (laughs) Uh, Clown shoes. Clown shoes. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Paper or e-book? Oh, can I expand? E-book for work, paper for pleasure. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well said. Absolutely. Um. Do we have another? What is your favorite road trip food? Oh, um, I, flask? Is that a thing? <laughs> as long as you're not driving, then we will accept that driving. answer. I'm not driving. <laughs> I like flask. I like roadie better, but okay. Yes. Either way. <laughs> yes, roadie. Yeah. Um, uh, if you could ban one word from the English language, what word would that be? Wait. Oh, I was like, yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> Ooh, I like weight. That makes sense for someone who only goes zero or 100. So. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true. What is one turn on and one turn off of yours? Hmm. Um, levity in drama. Huge mm-hmm. turn on. I love when I'm reading something um, that seems hopeless, but beneath it is hope, and there's a pop of humor in there. Love it. Mm-hmm. Um. Turn off uh, inauthentic marginalized characters. Mm. Oh, oh, that's good. a very good answer. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <laughs> if you could pay someone to do one task for you for the rest of your life, what would that task be? Oh my gosh, just one. Um, <laughs> well, Travis mm, is doing the rest, so I know Travis does everything. I was like, uh, okay, one task for me. If I could pay some, I don't know. Everything is fabulous, right? Like, um, um, can I just say something lame, like laundry? It's yes. a popular. It's a popular and very valid choice. Yeah, because here's what I do. I just um, keep piling laundry up, and then I let it like leak out of the closet and, and spread to the furniture in the bedroom. And then Trav <laughs> gets upset, and is like, "Ah!" and just picks it up and puts it in the washing machine. And I'm like, "Ta-da!" Yes. <laughs> I myself have been fielding compliments on my outfits all week because I finally picked up my dry cleaning. And there now it's a whole new abbey. It's a whole new abbey with it's like closet shopping because oh, it's it hasn't been 
wearable in three months. So, yeah. <laughs> That's amazing. I would well, I'll tell you, the other day I came down the stairs and my four-year-old said, I mean, you hello, fancy, because I had bathed. So <laughs> oh, that will give you an idea. Excellent. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> well, you don't want you don't want to get them to, to raise expectations too high on a daily basis. Exactly. Right? All yeah. right. We will wrap Favorite up because, exactly, because we are XOXO. Um, we mm-hmm. do uh, talk a lot of romance. So what is your favorite romantic movie? Oh, my gosh. Notting Hill, I think. Oh. Ugh. I'm oh, sorry. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> that did not, it, was not, uh, it was not as warmly received I as you have been. I usually don't judge my guest's answers. But you I, always judge our guest's answers. But I don't tell them. <laughs> no, you tell them. I mean, I mean I don't, I'm not really a romantic movie kind of lady, but... I like. I think my husband looks like Hugh Grant in the oh. right lighting, and I like Hugh Grant movies. I mean, right? Uh, he looks. Yeah, like it's. They have a. They have a similar sweet and floppy quality about them. That's, <laughs> yes! Yeah. Yeah. My husband's it's, easy on the eyes. It's the sexy floppy. Um, How did you not go like, four weddings in a funeral then? Uh, it's a. It's a little too British. Was it Andy McDowell? Was the problem Andy McDowell? Well, the yeah. problem's yeah. always Andy McDowell. Yeah. But, I like Andy McDowell. But <laughs> he is so charming and. It, so much and he plays the same role over and over so I guess it doesn't really matter if you want to swap right. the names of and his movies I, yeah and to be <laughs> honest like I'm not a real contemporary romance girl like when you yeah. when you catch me in the bathtub I'm always reading Regency romance Attica. so for me it's like that's that's my jam I would rather read romance than watch a romance movie fair enough fair absolutely all right, Barbara Powell, you are a delight and a shark all at once. Um, I think you have given our reader, our listeners some great information. Um, and uh, again, I will let people know this is Agent Barbara Powell. Uh, was it Barbara.submissions? Do you want to? Barbara.queries Barbara.queries. Barbara.queries at IreneGoodman.com. Barbara. Mm-hmm. Irene Thank mm-hmm. you so much for taking the time to talk with us today. We had a great time. Pleasure was mine. Thank you. Absolutely. Bye. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to XOXO After Darkcast. All right, we are back to the dark cast, and um, this is why I love Barbara Powell so much because she's not only a super great agent with wonderful taste, but she is hilarious. She hilarious. Is very funny. The Spanx metaphor alone was worth the price of admission. I think, <laughs> I think so too. Right? Couldn't agree more. Absolutely, and really, it always comes down to Spanx and vodka really quickly in conversations with <laughs> yep. that girl. She's pretty great. Uh, so we are going to wrap up with a game as we like to do, and it's been a little while since we played Shag Mary Kill. So it with has. the help of a wonderful producer Diana. Uh, she is going to administer this game and we'll play Shag, Mary Kill with an assortment of fictional agents and writers and maybe editors, publishing professionals. And uh, so not the actual ones. So you do not have to critique our colleagues. Uh, Thank God. All, Ooh, that'd be a scary I know. day. No, that would be uncomfortable on a variety of levels. <laughs> um, also illegal, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> a good point. But also, one that is not necessarily defamation. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so these guys are all uh, folks we've seen in movies, I think, or movies mm-hmm. or books. All right. Take it away, Diana. What's our first round? Um, okay. We'll do agents first. I couldn't find all um, literary agents. So it's a mix of sports and I know where you're going already. Whatever. Um, Jerry Maguire mm-hmm. as your sports agent, Ari Gold as your movie agent from Entourage, mm. and Arliss. Okay, so we're killing Arliss, is what we're saying. Oh, we're all killing Arliss. I think we gotta kill Arliss because I can't even all picture right. him. Sorry, Arliss. 
And then ugh. he's not attractive. I guess married Jerry Maguire <gasps> and shag Ari Gold. Oh my god. He, he gets off. nice at the end of the Oh, I take it back. Sorry. It's Jerry Maguire, not Tom Cruise. First off, it's Tom Cruise and always will be are we not doing it the actors? I thought we were doing the characters. It's the, it's the I'll say it. it's the character. All right. So yeah. You just, I'm you married. Just Jerry Maguire gets with her name. What's her name at the end? That's I'm nice. I'm still marrying Ari. He loves his wife. Does he? I never yeah. watched the show. He, he just seems like he wife. would be a terrible Over and person. over? No, at just least once. once. Yeah, I think it I was mean. just once. You one time said that if your husband cheated on you, you would like straight up murder him. <laughs> I just loved Ari so much and I loved Entourage. So Did you see right. the movie? No, that ruins everything. Mm, fair enough. I didn't see it. Um, no, you have to marry Jerry Maguire. It's really the only way. Abby? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think I'm not happy with either of these choices. I'm sorry. But no, no, I like it. Right. It's, it's, hard. Diana, it's, supposed to be, it's supposed to be unhappy. <laughs> sorry, not sorry. It's, uh, sorry, not sorry. <sighs> oh, really? I just... Um, I'm really struggling. Mary I am Arliss. really struggling. But he's loud and obnoxious. No, yeah, sorry. Sorry. Arliss, I think Arliss got to go. Um, I am more. Uh, this is way too much time. It's too hard. It's too hard. I guess um, I. I'm marrying Ari. I I've think decided. I'm marrying Ari, and yes! I'll just shag Jerry because it's he's just. Bleh. I can't. I hate. I him. couldn't stand to look at that stupid face every single day. I hate him and just deal. No, and that's the it. thing you guys keep on saying it's really Jerry Maguire. It's actually not. We're shagging Tom Cruise or what looks like Tom Cruise, and I despise him. So okay, moving on. Yeah, let's see. <laughs> <laughs> um, I did. Uh, well, I tried to do real life editors that were portrayed by actors. Okay, uh, but one, I was hard. Also difficult to find one. So the not real one is Ryan Reynolds in oh, the proposal. Yum, 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 He's yum, an yum, editorial yum, yum. assistant. He is so you got to bow down to that. Yeah. God, I love him. And then um, Colin Firth as um, <laughs> Maxwell Perkins, mm -hmm. uh, the Thomas that. Wolfe editor. Oh, was that good? Ingenious. Mm -hmm. And uh, Daniel Craig, who played te uh, Ted Hughes, who was Sylvia Plath's editor. Oh. Husband. Was that good? Yeah. Well, wasn't he the editor be to begin Before with? And then he was her husband? I don't know. Um, yeah, I think so. I I think he edited. Uh, yeah, I think he uh, mm -hmm. or her professor. I think he was, uh, but yes, uh, he was in some sort of editorial capacity. Uh, I think you killed Ted Hughes because yes. he he was oh, not was he horrible. Well, she put her head in an oven, so so yeah. he couldn't have been that good. Spoiler, spoiler alert! She, no, she, oh no, I knew he that, wasn't that but supportive. She, I thought she was chemically imbalanced. So. Well, I'm sure she was that, that as well. Yeah. I was like, I don't really blame him, right? Because you know, <laughs> divorce would be an option for most, but yeah. you know, she went for the drama. But I think um, I blame him. So I yeah. killed Ted Hughes, um, uh, Colin Firth, and Ryan. I think you shag uh, the sweet little editorial assistant, and um, uh, I would marry uh, Maxwell Perkins. Even though, to be honest, and I did enjoy this movie, uh, uh, it looked like he was um, not a terrific husband. <laughs> I have to agree well. with you. I would reverse them. Mm -hmm. I no. Wait, what did you say? Did you say shag Ryan Reynolds slash? I would marry his name Ryan was. Reynolds, and just shag uh, Maxwell Perkins. Yeah, I, you know what? I'm I don't fine. want it around that often. Yeah, that's fair. He's on old further now. thought. I'm really just gonna shag. Daniel Craig over and over, and I'm going to marry Ryan Reynolds, and then I'm going to kill Max Perkins. <gasps> you would kill Max Perkins? I what would... kind of editor are you? An egomaniac? Oh. <laughs> oh. Sorry. I know. Fitzgerald and Hemingway oh, and Thomas Mann. Oh, God, Mann. I didn't realize there were that many. <laughs>
<laughs> Lauren with one fell shag, Mary Kill, has I've eliminated all, all American of American modern literature. literature. <laughs> <laughs> There's no modern, it's American, period. There's no one left. Excellent. Did you do Twain, too? No, no, I think it's no. different. All right, there will be a few things. There you go. <laughs> a yeah. few things will make it through. <laughs> You'll just miss between the wars. It's all just gone. It's exactly. Fine. <laughs> Moving on. Okay, last one. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow as Sylvia yeah. and Sylvia, Sylvia Plath and Sylvia. Uh, Nicole Kidman as Virginia Woolf in the hour. I loved her in that. Also that was such of, a good movie. Also kind of difficult. So I'm going to do Amy Adams as Julie and Julia. Uh, She's a writer. Yeah, absolutely. That's a, that's a writer. Or or you can do uh, Charlize Theron from Young Adult. She's a, or you, no, you can't have four. Then it messes it up. Okay, cut Charlize and uh, do Amy Adams. So it's Amy Adams. As Julie, mm-hmm. Kill Nicole her. Kidman as Virginia Woolf, or Gwyneth Paltrow as Sylvia Plath. Kill Gwyneth. Kill Sylvia Plath. She's gonna die anyway. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, so does Virginia Woolf, but right? Doesn't I she die? Hated mm. Julie and Julia. I liked it. I did too. It's not about the movie. <laughs> I no. liked it. I find Amy Adams endearing. I yes. love her. I think. Uh, I think marry her. Yeah. yeah. So marry Amy. Kill, kill Sylvia. Marry Julie. Kill Sylvia. Right. Shag. Shag Virginia. Virginia. That could be weird. That could be nice and weird. I'm yeah. going to marry Virginia. I like a little struggle. Yeah. You do like a little struggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And she lived in a great house. She did. Mm. She did. For that so alone. I'm going to take the period, the time period, the house, the marriage, and the right. struggle. I'm killing Julia. <laughs> and I'm going to shag Gwyneth, even though I hate her. I do hate her. I'm with well, you, she'd do what she told her to do, probably. Exactly. And a hate shag is not uh, a bad I thing. I kind of get behind that. I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, I think I, um, you know, I actually loved the book Julie and Julia, and I actually also like the movie, but um, still, I think, would off uh, poor Julie um, for her narcissism. Mm. And uh, but I the food. think... But the food, for sure. She's the only one bringing a skill besides writing to the table. I know, but now that I'm a Blue Apron expert, oh, right. I'm you not worried that. about it's it. It's not no. that hard to acquire, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I think, I think I'm think i going uh, um, yeah. shag, uh, shag Virginia Mary Sylvia. Really? Yeah. You even like it harder than me. I, you know, I just, I like a twin set. And uh, <laughs> it seemed like things would be sort of organized, and um, <laughs> but I totally respect. You do like a twin. Set. It was it was touch and go because I was like, you know, I totally respect uh, Virginia's uh, yeah. room of her own yes. styling game. Yes, so it could go either way. Those were good choices. Nice. Excellent. Uh, well done. I know. I think it's been a very successful podcast today, ladies. Um, so everybody go home and write your books so you can find a great agent and then get to a great editor and um, then we can have a wonderful conversation because the best conversations happen after dark. dark.